For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast interview. Uh, Today, we have Heather with us. And uh, without any further ado, Heather, welcome to the show. And please uh, introduce yourself and what you do to our audience. Hi, my name is Heather Havenwood. Thank you for having me. What I do is I help people move from expertise into influence and using the tools that are working today to gain more clients. And right now, I really focus on LinkedIn. Um, and so there's three elements of influence I work on, your message, your market, and your media. And that's what I do. Okay, sounds interesting. And I know that influence is the new buzzword. Uh, everybody wants to be an influencer. So uh, it, this will be interesting to learn, <clears throat> uh, sorry, a little bit from you about that. You say you specialized on, uh, specialize on LinkedIn? Yeah, I specialize right now focusing a lot on LinkedIn. It's really an underserved markets, underserved tool, and a lot of people don't understand it. And so that's one thing I've been really focusing on the last six months. Okay. So how is LinkedIn different than other social media platforms? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, it's not a social media. And um, I look, so that's, that's the number one question I get, right? First of all, it's not a social media it's a platform of a CRM plus data plus search. It's definitely not a social media platform. People look at it as a social media platform, but it's not. And that's the number one challenge. <clears throat> so let me explain to you what that means. What that means is, is that you have to look at it from a CRM and data perspective. It is the largest database of business to business in the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So how you, how you, put the data in of your title and your name and your summary is a key piece. Those are the pieces that LinkedIn actually does a search on. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So um, what happens is, is that you have to look at your, you have to look at your personal page as an advertisement. Look at it as one big ad, right? So imagine if you are a speaker, author, coach, or consultant, or you work for a salesperson at a company, Look at your company, your personal page is one big ad. So the top part, the highest real estate, that whole section, you want to put exactly what you do in that whole big, huge, massive profile section. You want to use your name at the highest level you possibly can and actually put inside the name section a little bit of what you do, like a keyword. And then in your title and summary, you want to pretty much keyword stuff. You want to keyword stuff of what, who my avatar will be looking for and what, when my avatar gets to me, I want to make sure they know who I am. So you want to keyword stuff that area. So I always look at it this way. See, Google is one big, huge, massive search engine. However, LinkedIn does not allow Google to search inside of its platform. It only allows it to search its company page name and personal page name. That's it. 
once you um, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that when you Google something, it just returns uh, profiles and nothing else. C correct. However, um, however, inside of LinkedIn, once you what I call walk onto LinkedIn, I look at it like a Earth versus Mars, right? So in Mars, in Mars, um, you walk and there's a different gravity, different gravity and things like that. In LinkedIn, it's the same thing. So the different gravity, different vegetation, things like that. So you have to look at it very differently. Does that make sense? Okay. So the first thing is is um, summary. The summary section you want to fill it out as max as, max as possibly can, and that should be a first person, not a third person. It should be hi, I'm so and so, and this is what I do. And then the bottom part, you want to add testimonials and you want to pretty much keyword stuff because that section is, is actually searchable by on LinkedIn. Oh, okay. I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I don't want to go to teaching moment, but that's just kind of give you an idea of the differences with LinkedIn. Okay. Um, why did you choose LinkedIn? Well, it's funny you asked that question. About four years ago, I kind of made a decision that I was going to dominate LinkedIn because I really wasn't using it. And I just kind of made this internal personal decision. And then about six months ago, I had a friend of mine who was like, man, you're really killing it on LinkedIn. Cause I, I get off the chain traffic on LinkedIn. Like I have between 4,000 and 5,000 people looking at my profile every single month. And when I post a video, I get between 200 to 1500 views within 24 hours. I can't get that anywhere. And I don't pay for that. That's really okay. big traffic. Makes sense. Yeah. So I but, thought to myself, can well, I ask? Can, can can I ask you something? Um, views and likes and engagement uh, is, of course, a nice thing. But how does that uh, translate into sales? Have you seen massive surges of sales on uh, your programs or your well, services? In any as well? kind of sales, you have to go to visibility first, and then you drive people. You visibility first, and then you have to engage in conversation. So that's, that's what LinkedIn's about. So you can't think of it like Facebook. You're thinking of it a lot like Facebook where there's a Facebook ad, click on it and go down a funnel, right? That's not what it's about. It's about visibility and moving people to the next step of engagement. So it could be getting on a phone with you. It could be going to a webinar. It could be looking at a particular um, opt-in, whatever that is, but it's still the engagement. That's the key piece. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So it's not and a, it's not a direct response platform. So that question when you're like, how many sales, that's a direct response platform. So you can ask that question in an email marketing situation where it's like, I'm driving to 10,000 emails. I had three, you know, 40% open rate and 3% clicks through rate and then 2% bot. But if you notice there's five steps or four steps in between the time of a push and then getting them to, to buy, and you've got them on your email list. LinkedIn is ability to get your visibility and then get them on the email list, and then you have four steps left to get them to buy. You have to look at the buying process. It doesn't go from throw a video up and then go to purchase. It's the engagement and the visibility. Okay. So. And, um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of our audience is on LinkedIn. Oh, and Yay. we are all exposed to 
what is called receiving a huge abundance of everyday uh, copy-paste bot messages from all the digital marketers out there and, and, and the likes uh, of them. Um, I don't think that's the right way to go about it, but maybe you have a, uh, um, you know, like, uh, how you would suggest our audience if they want to use LinkedIn um, for visibility, for becoming more of an influencer, how to do it in the right way, in ethical way, <clears throat> let's call that. Well, uh, I, I'm, no, I'm no judgment of moral ethics. That's not my job. But I, can't, I am a study of psychology and human behavior, right? So I'm a master copywriter. I've been doing copywriting since 2001. And copywriting is really the understanding of psychology of why people buy, period. Moral, not moral. I don't know. I'm, I'm no judge of that. I'm no pastor. However, how people purchase, especially in today's world, is they have to be able to consume you. So content is king. Yeah, but engagement is queen and channel is kingdom. So people no longer choose to, pur to purchase from anyone or anything unless they can consume you at some level first, right? And consumption is the key piece, is the queen part. It's the engagement part. So LinkedIn is, is another channel that people can consume you. Look at YouTube, for example. People have been putting tons of videos out. They get 200,000, 500,000 views or whatever, or subscribers. What is that really doing? The idea is to get the audience to, to engage and to go onto an email list of some sort to then sell them a product or service, right? So it's the same thing with LinkedIn, which is very opposite of, of Facebook, right? So does that make sense? So to answer your question yes, from yes. a business perspective is that posting content that is content that's geared towards who you want to be known as. Good example. If I am on Facebook, I might post something that I went to dinner last week with a loved one. Well, no one cares about that on LinkedIn. If I'm on LinkedIn, I would post something about, you know, that I was on your podcast and I, and I talked about failure and about the, and how LinkedIn is really revolutionizing business, right? I might do that on LinkedIn because I want people to know, one, I was on your great show, right? Two, it's a visibility for you. I'm giving back. But three, here's what I talked about and it's relevant to you. So that to me is how you do engagement and content correctly on LinkedIn. No, I mean, I agree that uh, personal content doesn't belong on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, um, many people uh, share uh, things that are more appropriate for Facebook than for LinkedIn on LinkedIn. And then um, it, it really just doesn't do them any good. Um, <clears throat> I was lucky enough. I don't know how, but somehow I got invited by LinkedIn uh, in this beta group oh, wow. for LinkedIn Live. You. I'm so jealous. And, uh, yeah. I just did one uh, Can we do two one days together? ago. Please, 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 uh, please, 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 like, please. <laughs> I, I, I don't know yet how to do that. I'm still playing around yes, because you have to use a third-party app, and they're limiting. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm still learning Switcher. Uh, so I only did one test video, which was uh, not too good, but my visibility was ten times or even more of anything else I ever posted 
on LinkedIn uh, just because of the boost that you get from from the notifications and and all of that. So now I'm preparing a content plan uh, on how to well, really tell you use. What, uh, I know, and I see. I know how uh, to use Switcher. I know how to use it because I've had demos with them and I've used it. So I will teach you how to use Switcher with doing an interview if you'll let me on. <laughs> I'll make a deal with you. I will. I will do a full okay, tutorial, okay. private tutorial. And I'll okay. give you as much time as you need. I'll walk you through it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Sweet. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm all up for it. Um, yeah. So, so this this is, uh, I think, something that. Uh, uh, is definitely worth leveraging uh, right now before everybody gets access to it and we will be spammed by um, every second person on LinkedIn going live. So um, I think this oh, is huge. a great opportunity huge, huge, huge. But for But just visibility. like LinkedIn Live, going back to uh, your, you know, what you said earlier, how uh, do you get sales? Just like LinkedIn Live, it's about getting higher visibility, right? Like you said, and then higher engagement and people get to know, like, and trust you. And then move you, you move them down whatever funnel you have, right? Whatever that is, phone call or something. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, w I was just trying to, you know, ah. like let you explain that so that it's not always me ranting about this thing. Uh, because I see that too many people fall into that trap because they get spammed with all those sucky messages. And then somehow they think, oh, maybe this is working. And then they start doing it. And suddenly half of LinkedIn is just spamming each other uh, with worthless content and just expecting that, I don't know, I will buy their 10K, 20K thing with three messages. Um, it doesn't work that way. So yeah, I... I, I always go through human psychology when I'm doing my stuff, but you know, it's nice for somebody else to come on the show and, and, and say it from their perspective. So that's why I was nagging in that direction. <laughs> and you didn't, uh, because you didn't really tell me, right? You, you didn't, give me, you didn't well. sign me a note uh, or something. And, and no, hopefully, that's really me. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, like uh, I'm going with ah. the more they hear this, uh, you know, f and from multiple people, uh, hopefully we will be able to make a bit of change and uh, make uh, the platform more usable, more friendly, well, and I will more definitely valuable support you and help you in Switcher. Uh, it's, it's kind of not very intuitive, but I can help you with that. And, and the one thing I want to say about people don't know what they were talking about. So LinkedIn did something really profound with LinkedIn Live, which you, you had access to, which I got super jealous but excited, is that they force you to go through a third party. And here's why I, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing because they're making you pay. I think it's like $20 a month or something like that, right? Now people are like, oh, well, how dare they? Actually, that's a good thing because it, it's one more thing you have to do to get on their platform and it deters people from doing spam versus like a Facebook Live, you can just go in, log in, press a button, boom, you're live. You know what I mean? So they want business people who are giving valuable content, period. And I know it's not that much money, $20 a month, but that will deter hundreds of thousands of people not to do it. Just that alone will deter people, right? And which is good. That's very good way of thinking. I, I, I didn't consider it from that point of view, but yeah, I I strongly yeah, I agree with you on that one because even just I think it's like twenty, thirty a month or something like that. Yes. Yeah, but even that, yeah, for most people, 
uh, they they will not do that, Correct. and uh, it will eliminate a lot of the low yeah, end serious, content. You're serious. That We're doing business there. We are there to not do business. Period. Right. Anyway. So I'm going to yeah. invest twenty dollars a month or whatever into my business to do LinkedIn Live when I am approved. Hello, LinkedIn. Please approve me. Um, but I will invest in that. You will invest in that. Content creators who are going to give good content will invest in that. No problem. They won't even flinch at that. You know. But the person that's just doing stupid stuff is like not going to do it. They're not going to go through the time, energy, and effort to sign up. They're not going to figure it out, download the app, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to do all that. They're not. You and I are going to invest our time, energy, and effort to do it. They're not going to do it. And LinkedIn knew that. And so that's one of the reasons why they went to a third-party platform. The other reason they did that, deter and make better quality content, was that it, when you'll learn about this on Switcher, Switcher does not hold your content. It can hold some of your content. So what that does is frees up LinkedIn to have them be the holder of your video content. Because Facebook, if I go on Facebook Live, they're hold, they're, they basically are hosting that video. Make sense? Through their servers. And LinkedIn want to do that. That's a whole other infrastructure they had to add on if they did that. Yes. So now what they did is they alleviated that and Switcher is the quote unquote hoster of the content, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you're you're basically going quote unquote live oh, I didn't through the know servers that. of Switcher. Okay, 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 cool. I didn't know that, so yeah, something new that I've learned. Uh, but okay, um, I'm guessing not many of our audience are approved to do LinkedIn Live, uh, if any at all yet. Um, so. Uh, with that, uh, we've, we've spent a little bit more time on things that might be useful for them and their strategy for, for LinkedIn. So um, if you could give them like, you know, one, two, three, four step, uh, what should they focus first? Okay, the first thing was polish up your profile and make it searchable. That, that was number one. Um, what else would be, for example, your suggestion how they can do a first You're using few your steps, last name appropriately. Um, so if you notice on my last name, it says Havenwood Influence Like a Boss or Marketing Like a Boss. I actually use my last name, quote unquote, section to put a keyword term in a brand. I'm branding myself in my last name. A lot of people don't do that. I think it's a, a huge mistake. Um, the way you do that is you actually download the LinkedIn app on your phone and you change your last name through the app, not on your desktop. That's a little hint. It's a little tip. Um, that's a key piece. The second key piece is the image, the profile image, not your face profile image, the actual image behind your face, the big, huge one. People aren't utilizing that. There's only two ways to use that. You should use it as a branding advertisement or a, this is what I do advertisement. You know, this is what I do. I'm a, you know, I help people lower their taxes. I'm a financial CPA. Here's my phone number. Here's my Website, here's my direct email, like actually using that space as an advertisement. So those are two more steps. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and when it comes to content, um, how do you, how do you create content? How do you, um, you know, um, figure out what you will post. Do you prefer, video, I mean, video, do video, you video, go video. for more video content, uh, two ways more text-based content? There's a couple content. ways I use um, find out content um, pieces. Do do? One, I go to answerthepublic.com. I type in a keyword term and it pops up all kinds of questions people ask on the internet. I pick a couple and go from there. That's one way. Another way is I actually go into LinkedIn and I click on the content tab in, in the company pages and the content tab 
cutting pages actually gives you all these different kinds of uh, articles that are happening that are trending. And I either a share those and have that give my own opinion, like a commentary, or I take one of those and I do a video about it. Oh, now you just said something that really gets me going always. You know how people just share stuff and, and, and they don't tell you why they shared it? And you said it so nicely. You give your own opinion. I mean, it's, it takes so little time and it makes such a such huge difference because, you know, just sharing something, uh, like why would I watch that or why would I read that? But when when you say, okay, so I, I watched this and I found this and this to be super important or super valuable or whatever, this is my uh, yeah. opinion. Again, co- so makes it's, me want to read it. Political commentary nowadays, right? We gotta love we gotta love the pundits so, nowadays. But they've created an entire industry called political pundit. You know what I mean? That's like a, that's a career path. <laughs> for God's sake. Um, but you can still do that in any niche. You can be the pundit or the, um, a, a, a viewpoint of something. I don't think in business people do that enough. So recently Amazon came out with some things about Amazon and they're doing, uh, they're trying to get their employees to basically quit, to start a new delivery company. Right. And there's an article about that. That's a great one to basically have an opinion about. You can say, Hey, I really don't like the fact that Amazon's help trying to get people to to quit and start your own business. Or you can say, this is amazing. This is why it's so amazing. And I love the fact that Amazon's thinking outside the box, whatever your opinion is, but you can use that piece of news, right? And you can drive some kind of editorial piece about it. No. Yeah. yeah and like you right don't now, even have to Uber create the whole on. content. Um, you just add a little this morning, piece to it. And I'm, I was going to, I was going to do my own editorial piece about it, um, against it. You know, I think this also gives people an opportunity in the world of, of editorial is it gives them a, a sounding voice to say, I don't agree with this, or I do agree with this or something, you know, have an opinion about it. But like you said, I agree with you just sharing. It, it's like, well, that's boring. You know, giving something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, doesn't give me any incentive to, to click on my, it my for person, whatever she reason. She sent to me later today. She said, "I just found an article by Harvard that um, that they found that the average successful biz entrepreneur venture happens with a person a median age of forty five or older." And I was like, that's fascinating, right? So I'm going to take that piece. I'm going to share it. But before I do, I'm going to do a whole editorial piece about why I think that, you know, starting a business over 40 is actually smarter than it is when you're 25 and 30, right? And that kind of goes in the face of millennials right now, right? So I believe that when you're over 40, you're seasoned, you've gone through failures in life, you know what it takes, you know how to be professional, you know what risk is. And you're more likely to be more successful, right? And here's a Harvard study to prove that. Well, I mean, you know, with the millennials, and I mean, I don't have anything against them, but they are just so much influenced by that. Uh, one thing is the 
uh, hustle, hustle, grind, grind mindset, which is like complete bullshit because that's the number one way to get yourself into hospital on a burnout. Um, and the second thing is, um, you know, everybody is just all about winging it and Lambos and Ferraris and Vilas and, 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 you know, this and that, but you know, like you ask them, like, do you have a plan? Well, it's one guy said to me, it's 2019, dude. Now Instagram is your business plan. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. But, you know, like ask any eight plus figure successful entrepreneur, they will all tell you that you need to do a few steps. And if you don't do them, there's so much trial and error that's ahead of you. And most people just don't have the... uh, emotional strength to go right and, and what i would say to that, that young lovely man that said that to you on instagram chasing instagram has eyeballs it doesn't necessarily have buyers it's a very different conversation linkedin that's why i love it so much is that when people log into linkedin they're there to do business they're not there to figure out what the latest cat vid- video is or to see a smoking hot guy doing 10 push-ups you know what i'm saying they're there to find a client potentially, right? So it's the mindset. And I always go back to, I love analogies. If you don't mind, I love analogies like Rotary or BNI, yeah. yeah. you know, there's their business networking groups, right? When I go into my BNI group at nine o'clock in the morning, eat breakfast with 10 people, business people, I'm not going to talk about a cat video. I'm talking about who I am, what I do. And then I ask them, who are they, what they do. That's the point, Right. So it's, and they're buyers and I'm buyers. We're all looking to help each other in their business ventures, whatever they are. It's a mindset. But if I go to Instagram, I'm probably just, you know, sitting there at the doctor's office waiting for something and I'm killing time. I'm not looking to buy stuff. Right. So it's the mindset. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Heather, I want to be mindful of the time because you told me that you have uh, another appointment. Um, so I have two questions oh, for you. Number one, who's um, your ideal right now, audience? Who's your ideal target is client? Business so owners that have what I call most? a high ticket item. So it could be $10,000 or more. Franchise companies are great, as well as um, a coach, a high end coach, or a consultant. Okay, and what so I would uh, call influencer growth academy and that you help and them with, what I do is I help them through the process of helping product? them become a, a media company. What's their market? What's their message? And what's the best medium for them to use? What's the whole process to get more visibility so they can get more clients? To the bottom line. Okay. And uh, is that like a coaching it's both. program? So I have that a 90 day program as well as Or is it a done for them service that you provide? Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, you know, like uh, um, we have quite a variety of people in our audience, and I really want to make sure that the right people hear your message and that uh, possibly they connect with you. Um, can you share maybe a nice uh, a hero story mm-hmm. from maybe a client of yours, like where yeah, they were before I they started? And thank you for asking me the details, then, right? Because it's like always really important. Where they so are I really today? Appreciate that. No problem. Um, so yeah, I was working with the company. She was a she considers herself a blog, I guess you'd say, 
in a specific niche. It was the senior niche. And um, she was doing okay. She never really hit more than $250,000 in a year and 10 years. And within, what was it, six months? Six months, or about five months, five, six months, we had moved her from thinking of a blog to a media company. And she was already at $900,000 for the year and definitely on track for about $1.2 million. And within seven or eight months of us working, not well, maybe a little like nine months, it was not very long. After that, she was offered a multi-million dollar deal and got bought out. <laughs> Someone took her over. So I'm like, I know, right? I'm like, uh, so she had to ethically fire me in a right loving nice. way and said, well, they're, they're going to take over the company. <laughs> so I was like, okay, bye. Um, but uh, yeah, I was really proud of her because she, her big mindset shift was she's not a blog, she's a media company, right? And so that was the big shift. And when you move from those that mindset, you, you act differently and your business model is different. And so we, you know, really increased her bottom line quite fast. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Heather, oh since God, you're in the world of influencers, by the way, it's so great. Influences love, you the most. Yeah, really. Online. Thank you. Very few hosts are good at that, you know, so I just want to acknowledge you for being a great Thank host. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Oh, you know, who's really acknowledged me that's still alive is Joe Sugarman. He's a dear friend of mine, but also one of my biggest influencers in my world, mentors, really. Um, you know, I lo- I'm a love-hate of Gary V. I'm a lover-hater of Gary V for sure. Love him and in many ways can't stand the guy. So there's definitely some love and hate there. Um, someone who's passed away no longer on this planet is Florence Scovelshin. She's a kind of a spirituality person, um, for sure. And that's really it for right now. Those are the big influences I have. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, good enough. Good enough. Um, um, so if we slowly wrap it up, um, what is the one thing that you would love the audience? I wish everyone was like you. (laughs) It's really good. Um, Let's see. The one thing to take away. God, you're making me think too. Hold on a second. Um, I guess this is the number one takeaway. This might sound kind of odd. It's kind of in the face of what we're talking about, but um, you know, failure is going to happen. And, I always talk about NFL and football because I'm a football girl. Okay. I like football. I'm a cowboy fan, born and raised Texas, born with watching football since I was like six years old. Yes. Dallas Cowboys. That's uh, Cowboys are oh. from Dallas. Am I right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm from Europe, so we don't follow American football. Uh, but yeah, yeah um, I was in Dallas a few years ago and, and, uh, oh, by the way, I'm from Slovenia, and if you're following ba- basketball, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, uh, number one player right now oh in God, your club. Oh my God, I had no He's idea. From Slovenia that, as well. A Mavericks super small from country Dallas from Mavericks. Europe, two million people. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, yes, he's a newcomer. His first season in NF uh, in in uh, uh, the NBA. Um, uh, his first season uh, in wow, that's uh, really Dallas that's Mavericks, really a neat story. And he two million is people already the number one player in Dallas. There. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a definitely I'm a, I live in Austin, Texas, 
and born and raised here in Texas. And we're pretty much taught, you know, football since age six or seven, right? So <laughs> our football, NFL. But anyway, so how I, how I bring up this analogy of failure is um, the first thing a football player is taught how to do, they are taught how to get hit. They're taught how to get hit in a right way. So even if the NFL player level um, college, they're constantly practicing how to get hit. That makes sense? Because that's what the whole game's about. You know, take the ball down the field, but you get hit and hit and hit and hit. Yes. So they practice getting hit. That's the number one thing they practice. Um, not everyone even touches the ball. You can be on the football team for, you know, 10 years and never touch the ball. You know what I'm saying? But you are going to get hit. My point is this, is that entrepreneurship need to learn how to get hit first. And that means understanding failure and understanding you will fail and you will fail and you will fail and you will fail and you will fail. And the ball might be moving or not. You might not even touch the ball, but the moment, the, the faster you learn how to fail and how to get hit per se, the faster you'll give yourself permission to succeed. That's the number one thing. That's, 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 uh, amazingly sad well you know i mean being the only fail coach in the world um i i did a lot of research about failure and i don't know if you know but fear of failure is the number one dream killer for entrepreneurs so i mean there are you know fear of success and imposter syndrome and so on but the number one is fear of failure and then failure itself or not so much failure but our emotional reaction to failure uh the negative emotions the negative self talk is the number one reason for suicide among entrepreneurs that's why you know like 90% of everything that I do, my programs, my coachings are based on uh, how entrepreneurs can develop healthy emotional relationship with failure. Take it for what it is, an mm. amazing learning and growing experience. I love experience. that. I want to add to that. And, you probably you know, know this, fail but fast, I love the fact you've done forward. research on failure. That's really cool to me. Um, it, it, one of the things my friend said to me a long time ago, um, he said, the moment you give yourself full permission to fail is the moment you give yourself full permission to succeed. And it's hard to conceptualize that, you know, we can say it, but it's hard to, exactly to do exactly. that, you know? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, when you have hard skills, like, you know, marketing and this and that, those are teachable easily you can you know you do the you do a course or you have a coaching uh, coach or something and you can learn quite quickly the technical skills when it comes to soft skills like you know emotional intelligence mindfulness you actually have to practice them a long time and the same goes for uh, you know um really living this concept of of failing uh being okay with failure it's not something that you can learn on a logical level yeah you have to practice yeah, it, it over and over and over again and, yeah, and, and like, you get you get there like, a, like the practice of a bit, but it takes know, a bit I do longer muscles, right i do weightlifting so it's the practice of the muscle of failing and it's very counterintuitive i don't know about you know in europe i can't speak for you but i can speak for america but, you know, in America, it's from the age of six years old, which is kindergarten, all the way through 12th grade, which is around 18, they are taught, don't fail, don't fail, don't fail, don't fail. If, you're, if you fail second grade, you're going to be held back. 
You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be a bad person. Your parents will be upset at you. You'll be disappointed. This whole thing, right? And then you get into entrepreneurship and we're sitting here telling people, fail, go fail. You know, it's very counterintuitive because they're taught for at least 12 years of their life, if not more, don't fail. You'll be a disgrace to the family. You'll be disgraced to blah, 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 right? Whatever that is. So it's very counterintuitive and it's a challenge for every human being who's trying to create something, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I can tell you, um, I, I've yeah. traveled all around the world uh, um, and, you know, with this message of failure. Um, really? U.S. is actually way ahead of everybody else. In Europe, it's even worse. In Asia, failure is so unacceptable that, uh, um, you know, it's not an option at oh, all. Because, so, so you're saying, yeah, you're saying other that parts uh, of we're the world have it even harder. It um, so, um, yeah, in yeah. the U.S., Yes, yes, yes. You you are ahead in in uh, having more positive attitude uh, towards failure, and it's still a huge problem, a huge taboo. You know, it's interesting you say in that. The US, you don't mind me. But, there's but a person it's still much better than in the other, in other female, parts of the world. Nothing wrong with that. But I just had the conversation earlier today. One of the reasons why, for the amount of time she's been on YouTube and the amount of time and the amount of the market share that she could go after, she's kind of stunted right now. I'm noticing her numbers are stunted. And we were talking about the why behind it and what I think, and I'm guessing, of course, I don't have any data behind this because all her videos, all of her content is that she's perfect. I mean, the woman's perfect. There's not one bad thing she said that's happened to her. She's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing bad. And I'm like, that shit ain't real. You know what I mean? Like, and women out there, men and women, whoever, who are looking to her going, how'd she do it? And they can't relate to that perfection because it's not happening to them. They don't, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that could be, that could be a good, a good reason why, because yeah. Um, when we connect with, I mean, it's all about the connection right. and the connection doesn't happen only on, on the positive side. It also happens on the negative side. So the more connection you have through uh, same shared experience, both good and bad, uh, the more you will connect. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely hate it when I see online how all these gurus and influencers they 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 only tell half of the story, only the good part of the story. They then don't share uh, the bad side as well because there's so much learning that uh, 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 such a huge learning opportunity from that as well. And I think if they would do that, um, yeah. they would show more no, vulnerability I, I and they would have even more connection. And, that, and that's with why audience. I talk about in my that's book, you know, opinion. how I went from bankruptcy to sexy boss. And I always find it fascinating when people are like, oh, you went through bankruptcy. Like it's this big, like scarlet letter on my chest or something. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm actually proud of it because I'm proud of it because that means I'm playing. That means I'm in the game. That means I've tried. That means I, you know, went out there and did something. I'm not saying I'm, I'm happy about it happening. You know, it wasn't a good experience, but I can say I've been through it. You know what I mean? And 
You know what I mean? Like I just some people some people like have a yes, divorce, yes, or some people have I cancer. Can some people, to that you know, as well. everyone has their own adversity challenges. Mine was bankruptcy, and um, it was very, 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 very challenging for me. Why was mine bankruptcy? I think is because my biggest fear in life at the time was financial failure. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> you know, so my biggest failure happened for me to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, and, yeah the life <laughs> just so decided that hit. you need to learn a lot <laughs> that's of my, lesson. That's my takeaway from, you can name this interview, how to get hit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 well I, I will try to think in that direction. Well, Heather, it was Lovely and amazing having you. you here as a guest. Uh, this was a lovely interview. I mean, I enjoyed the conversation, uh, and I'm sure our audience will enjoy the value bombs that you dropped along the way. Um, I will, yes, uh, I will hold you to that promise that you will teach me how to use Switcher. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, just I thank you. Um, I appreciate you for uh, coming for the interview. And you know, um, I do one more podcast, which is Failures Anonymous. And since you had that uh, bankruptcy failure, if you would be uh, someday open to openly talk about that and what was happening with you, and, I would and love all that. Of that, we'll that um, I would too. be That'd more be than happy to have you on that uh, podcast as well. Awesome. Yes, yes, we will do that one as well. Uh, well, yeah, again, thank you. Enjoy You're enjoy welcome. the thank rest you of your much. day. Enjoy the week ahead. And uh, thank you for coming on the show. Bye. <laughs>